welcome to episode 21 of The Other Berman Show, the first recap of the NFL season. Every Tuesday, I'll be recapping every single game, and the goal is to get every single recap in five minutes or less. I'm going to be breaking it up into segments. I'm going to break down each game. Hopefully, each segment will be five minutes or less. That way, we can make this show not take two hours long. Some games will be a little longer. Some games will be shorter, but none will be longer than five minutes. Definitely not longer than 515. All right, before we get started, I would like to thank everyone. We just passed 700 total views on this podcast. Thank you so much. It really, really means a lot. We're, this podcast is really starting to grow. I'm having a ton of fun making it. This season, it's going to even grow, hopefully, even more. So without further ado, enjoy episode 21 of The Berman Show. We're going to kick things off with the Thursday night football game between the Packers and the Bears. All right, let's get things started right away with the Packers and the Bears. Thursday night football, it was not the most high-scoring of games, to say the least. In fact, it was the lowest-scoring game of the week with a final score of 10-3, Packers winning in an upset. And the game started, well, Eddie Pinheiro got a little field goal there. Bears fans went nuts. Then Aaron Rod- then it really stalled for a little while, and then Rodgers just turned over something new, and he just went on a phenomenal drive down the field, leading them to the only touchdown of the game. And then Crosby hit another field goal with about six minutes left, and then nothing else really happened. Before we get into some of my thoughts of the game, let's go over some stats. Aaron Rodgers, 18 for 30, 203 yards, one touchdown, no picks. And Trubisky, 20, uh, 26 for 45, 228, and, and one pick, no touchdowns. Um, Rushing-wise, the Bears did nothing. Aaron Jones, 13 carries with 39 yards. Receiving, it, it's nothing too phenomenal here. Um, Tariq Cohen had eight catches. Um, Allen Robinson was the only real player that really impressed in terms of receiving game with seven catches, 102 yards. And now let's get into some of my thoughts of this game. Um, I was really impressed by Mike Penton the, and the Packers' defense. They look phenomenal. This young defense is really starting to come to shape. The Bears did not look good at all, but you got to remember, most starters did not play in the preseason, including Trubisky. So give them a couple weeks. I know everyone's hating on them, but let's give them a little time before we get week one's the biggest lie. You're going to hear me say that a lot in this episode. The Bears had one. The Bears had this game won multiple times, most notably in the fourth quarter where they had three straight holding calls. All right, they're driving down the field. Looks like this game's about to get tied, or I'm mean, actually at this point, it looks like the Bears are going to take a 10-7 lead. It's Packers, I mean, Bears are heading somewhere. Here we go. Here come the pa- I mean, here come the Bears. And then they get three straight holding calls, and it went from first and 10 around the 40 to first and 40. And they drive off. It was obviously stalled from there, and they had to punt, and they lost the game. The Bears punted eight times. That's more than any other game last year. Like, this Bears team, this is, this is the worst they've looked in a little while. I am still thinking the Bears are going to be fine. I have the Bears at number four on my power rankings last week. I have them at number six. They fell two spots. And, I mean, they, they, did, they did not look good. But I still have confidence. I want to see them. If... Before I say anything about the Bears being bad, I got to see it one more week before I'm too sure of it. And then on the other side, the Packers, they were at number 13, and this, they, and in week one, week two, they are up five slots to number eight. They are actually this week's biggest riser on these power rankings. They have rose up higher than any other team, up five spots from last week, from number 13 to number eight. So, 
Not bad here. Ready for the Packers and the Bears, the best rivalry. Not, I'm sorry, not the best. The oldest rivalry in the NFL. That's one with a little bit of a uh, bad game, but you never know. And these two teams could be pretty good. You never know. Could be preview what we see in the playoffs. Now, let's move over to the Redskins and the Eagles. Okay, Washington and Philly. All right, let's get things going here. A um, little bit of a recap in terms of points wise. The Redskins got off to a phenomenal start with a 48 yard touchdown to Vernon Davis. And before I move on, we need to take a look here. Now, if you have not seen this play from Vernon Davis, please. Do yourself a favor, look it up, because this is an early candidate for play of the year. This was unbelievable by Vernon Davis. Um, then they tacked on three a little later, and then they scored again with a 69-yard touchdown from Keenum to Terry McLaurin. This looked like the Case Keenum show early. Here come the Redskins. Eagles look terrible to start, and here come those Redskins. But then, a little while later, Carson Wentz airs one out deep to the former Redskin, Deshaun Jackson. Well, that went pretty well. They scored 17-7 Washington. Washington tacked on another three, so it's 20-7. Then Philly, five-yard touchdown to Deshaun Jeffrey, 20-14. Still Washington lead. And then he went deep again. Carson went deep to Deshaun Jackson. 53-yard touchdown, 21-20 Eagles lead. They tacked on another one with Alshon Jeffrey and another field goal. Eagles then, I mean, Redskins then scored late, making a final score 37, I mean, 32 to 27. Um, some notes on this game is, first of all, Deshaun Jackson, the former Redskin and former Eagle, but now back with the Eagles. Went, the Redskins went 5-1 versus the Eagles when Deshaun Jackson was with them. They've been 0-5 against the Eagles since. Deshaun Jackson, definitely the key for the Eagles this week as well in one of those wins. Carson Wentz had two passing touchdowns of 50-plus yards, both of Deshaun Jackson. Carson Wentz only had one last year of 50-plus yards. <clears throat> Looking a little bit like MVP Carson Wentz, baby. Who knows? Also, that is the biggest comeback of Carson Wentz's career. Um, but that being said, Case Keenum played very well. 30 for 44, 380 yards, three touchdowns, a 117.6 passer rating. Looked very, very well. For Case Keenum and those Redskins, they looked very well, even though they didn't come out with the win. Looked that looked very good. Deshaun Jackson now has 31 career touchdowns, receiving touchdowns of 50 plus yards. Only Jerry Rice is more. So, very impressive for Deshaun Jackson putting together maybe one of the best, one of the best deep threats in the history of the NFL. And now some stats back that up. Unbelievable. Um, some more stats we can get to. Um, Terry McLaurin five catches, 125 and a touchdown for Washington, but. The big storyline, again, Deshaun Jackson. Eight catches, 154 yards, two touchdowns, eight catches on 10 targets. Incredible. Looking like vintage Deshaun Jackson. Carson Wentz looked like the old Carson Wentz. Going 20 for 39, 313 yards, three touchdowns, no picks. I mean, 121 passer rating. I mean... But the thing with the Redskins, though, is they got nothing going on the ground. Only 28 rushing yards. Great job by the Eagles' run defense. And then on the other side, the Eagles had 123 rushing yards, including 47 by Darren Sproles, 44 by Jordan Howard. So there you go. That is a, that's the huge, huge difference in this game. Eagles 
got uh, got going on the ground way more. It's a testament to that incredible, incredible front seven of Philly. And, well, it showed right there. So now to where that affects some of my power rankings, the Redskins in week one were number 20. Now they are number 19. Even though they lost, I bumped them up one slot. It was, it was what you would call an impressive loss, honestly, for the Redskins. And then the Eagles... They were number eight, and now, well, they are number ten down two slots. And it's not necessarily because of them. It's just I think some teams had a, little, a couple more impressive wins. So that's why um, the Packers and another team bumped up. So it's not because the Eagles, I wasn't impressed by the Eagles. It was just two teams impressed me a little bit more. Bumped them up. All right, that is it for Eagles-Redskins, another divisional matchup. They will both meet each other again later in the season. Probably not a playoff preview, but, I mean, you never know. And, hey, Dwayne Haskins, still going to be sitting on the sideline for a little while because Keenum looked pretty damn good, I got to admit. All right, he did. He looked pretty good. All right, there you go. Over to the next game, I would tell you, but I honestly forgot what I got next. So, it's a surprise for both of us. It would not be an episode of The Other Burman Show without some breaking news, and here it is. And you'll never guess who it's about. Everybody's favorite Antonio Brown. He has just been accused of sexual assault. More details to come. I'm not going to cover that much. I'm just putting it in here in case the details get bigger. And if I and if some more details come out, I'm going to cover it in this episode. But if no more details come out um, within the next hour or so, so around 10, if there's no more details that come out, uh, you're not going to hear anything from me. But if more details come out, I will definitely break it down in a different episode if it comes out. So there you go. A.B. accused of sexual assault. Classic A.B. Now, over to the Bills and the Jets. God, Antonio Brown's an idiot. All right, next up, the Bills and the Jets. The Jets got off to a strong start when former Raven C.J. Mosley got a pick six early on. And then Kare Vedvik, former Raven, missed the extra point. So it's 6-0 Jets. Then the Bills got themselves a safety, the first safety of the year. Frank Gore tackled the end zone, so that's 8-0 New York. Then Jets tacked on another one. Le'Veon Bell got a touchdown. They get 16-0 because they got one for two and got it. Bills tacked on three. So, on, so at the end of the third, it's 16-3. Bills looking bad. I'm feeling like an idiot for hyping up the Bills all offseason. And then here they come. Josh Allen scrambles in for three yards, making a touchdown. Now, hold on. We got ourselves a little bit of a game. Jets stall out, Bills stall out a little more. Jets stall out again, Bills get one more shot. About four minutes left, and here come those Bills. Josh Allen driving down the field, and then he flings one deep to former Raven John Smokey Brown. He took it in an absolute dart by Josh Allen. He took it in. Bills win 17-16. Some notes here, the Bills Played off. Bills got very, very lucky. Stats are not going to back this up here. I'm going to read it anyway, but the stats don't really back it up here. 254 yards. Not bad. One touchdown, the game winner, but two picks to start off. He had two picks. The Bills did not look good at all to start off. The rookie, Devin Singletary, only had four carries, but on those four carries, he had 70 yards. So in limited action, he played well. Josh Allen, I said it once, I'll say it again. I believe the most mobile quarterback in the league with. Um, uh, with the exception of Lamar Jackson, the most mobile quarterback in the league, Josh Allen. Ten carries, 38 yards, and a touchdown. Big time there. John Brown, seven catches, 
123 yards and a touchdown. I told you guys I thought he was going to have a big year for them. And he's gotten off to one hell of a start over there in Buffalo. The Jets side of things, Sam Darnold, good, not great. Here's the big one, though. Le'Veon Bell, he 17 carries, 60 yards, as well as six catches, 32 yards, and a touchdown. Killed it. Played every single snap for the Jets. He did not miss a single one. But the big, big, big one, Jamison Crowder, 14 catches. 14 for 99 yards, the most catches in a single game in NFL history without getting 100 yards. He's one yard short, just like the Titans, 99 yards. So I guess you got to be, I guess if you want to be in the record book, that's one way to do it. And now just some Josh Allen and just some insights here. Josh Allen's the first quarterback with four plus giveaways in a win since 2013, which is unbelievable. Um, so there you go. Like, it's just that, like. The Jets have given up a 16-point lead in back-to-back seasons. Um, just to start off here, like, this is just... The Jets, they got to protect that lead. They can be a good football team if they can learn how to close out games. Now, all that being said, I still think Buffalo can be a strong team. I'm a little bit lower on them than I was a couple months ago, but I still think they can be decent. Jets' opinion doesn't change. Good, not great. So the Jets stay the same for me at number 21. The Bills, even though they win, they're going to fall down one slot to number 16. They were at 15, now they're at number 16. So, Buffalo, I think they're going to be a decent team. Not not a playoff team, but good. Jets, they got a great future. I just don't think they're going to be able to do it very well. Um, And, again, just a nice divisional matchup. Great comeback by Buffalo. They showed me that um, sleeper team type of talent at the end of the game. Can they carry that forward? Who knows? I'm going to say it again. You're gonna, again, you're going to hear me say this a lot in week one. Or I mean, uh, week one, during this episode, week one is the biggest liar in the NFL. The Chargers got blown out in week one last year. The Saints got demolished by the Bucks last year in week one. Everyone was hyping up Tampa Bay and Ryan Fitzpatrick, right? The Colts just, I don't even remember, but I remember it was bad. <laughs> just... Watch out for them. The Dolphins got... I remember the Dolphins and Bengals started 2-0 last year. Like, they both fell flat. That's my point. The week one's the biggest liar in the NFL. We're going to see... I don't believe anything until I see it for two weeks. The way I was with players, you got to see it for two years. You got to see teams for two weeks. So, we'll see. There, that's why there's no dramatic changes in the power rings either. All right. With all that being said, let's move on to the next game. All right. The next game we're going to talk about is the Atlanta Falcons against the Minnesota Vikings. The game finished... 28 to 12, fine. I'm not going to go through every touchdown like that. I, I figure that. that's just it's not really something you need. So I'm going to keep it like that with 28 to 12. Minnesota. Minnesota may have won it by um, 16, but the whole way through it was 28. It was all Vikings. This was the, the Falcons got two scores at late leg, but this was, this really was the Falcons just, no, I don't know what happened to them. This was bad for them. Minnesota looking to prove me and a couple of others wrong. They looked good. Like, I, I'll admit when I was wrong, and if they keep this up, I will admit that I was wrong about those Vikings because this was good. This was a great performance by Minnesota. Can they keep it up? Who knows? Kirk Cousins, not a great performance. 8 for 10 for 98 yards. The player that really impressed me, Dalvin Cook. 21 carries, 111 yards, two touchdowns. Alexander Madison even got nine carries for 49. Like, it wasn't the receivers. It wasn't Thielen or Diggs. It was Dalvin Cook. He even got two catches for nine yards as well. This was, like, 
That's what I used to do with Adrian Peterson was just pound the rock. And Dalvin Cook, if he can stay healthy and he can play this good, wow, watch out for Dalvin Cook because this this was one of those performances where you just turn and watch like, whoa, where did this come from? Dalvin Cook, he got hurt. We've never really seen him. People forgot how good he has the potential to be, including myself. Like, But, hey, they, they played a pure running offense, and you know what? And for me to full on be a believer on the Vikings, we gotta see them air it out more because it was great, but can they like make the playoffs with that? No. No way. No way. Um they have a great defense though, so never know. Um The Vikings only attended ten passes in their win, alright? They're only one of three teams in the last decade to do that. In I mean, in a win, at least in a win to do that. That's unbelievable, right? Just unbelievable. Just wow. Like the the Vikings didn't pass. Like even even Lamar Jackson last year did more passing than than Kirk Cousins did in this game. So the Vikings look good, but they need to pass more. This this is not something that can sustain. But with all that being said, Atlanta yeah. This is what I meant about how they could not get how they have, still have not gotten over that Super Bowl. This was brutal. This was a terrible, terrible performance by Atlanta. Like, just awful. So, with all that being said, let's take a look at where they stand in my power rankings now. The Vikings are one of, they're not the, but they're one of the biggest risers this week, going up four spots to number 20. And the Falcons only going down one spot, but they keep playing like this. They're going to be going down even more from number 18 to number 19. I'm sorry, from number 17 to number 18. So, that's... I got to say here, Minnesota looking good. Can they keep it up? Atlanta, they got to turn things around quick. All right, with all that being said, that'll do it for that game. Now, it's time for a fun one. Ravens-Dolphins. When I said the Ravens were going to win big this week, yeah, this is not what I meant when I said win big. Oh, my God, how about those Ravens? Woo! 59-10. The Ravens, wow, got things going. Going, we just, unbelievable. They just started strong on the first play of the game with a Mark Ingram. Huge run, and they just didn't look back. Hollywood Brown played 12 snaps and had 147 receiving yards. Lamar Jackson, not bad for a quarterback. That's my quarterback. The youngest player in NFL history to have a perfect passer rating in a game. That's my quarterback. Five touchdowns. That's my quarterback. On three carries for six yards. Quarterback. All right. Again, with all that being said, now that we got all the excitement out of the way, you got to remember what team we did this against. We did not exactly play the Patriots. The Ravens played the Dolphins. They are number 32. Before this week, they are number 33. After this week, no, I'm just kidding. They're still number 32 because there's only 32 teams in the league. Right? Lamar, though, seriously... 17 for 20, 324 yards, five touchdowns, no picks. Mark Ingram, 14 carries, 107 yards, two touchdowns. Anthony Levine, one carry for 60 yards on that fake punt. That was beautiful. I'm telling you, though, Mark Andrews, eight catches, 108 yards, and a touchdown. Hollywood Brown, four catches, 147, and two touchdowns on five targets. Killed it. 
Welcome to Baltimore, Earl Thomas. He had himself a pick. Marlon had a pick as well. This Ravens team looked good. But again, remember who we played against. It was not exactly the Patriots. Um, next week, we're not playing a very good team either. So when we destroy the Cardinals next week, it's not, it's, once again, it's not going to be like one of those things where, oh, it's a Super Bowl team. No, we're going to look like a Super Bowl team for this week and next week. But when we play Kansas City, that's a real test. We can't wait for week three. Well, hopefully I can't wait for week three. We'll find out. Um, just unbelievable, unbelievable, like, Lamar and Alvin, they just killed it, and I'm very happy to see what I saw, but again, just, let's see what they do against a real team, that's all I gotta say, it's wait and see, they always start off strong, they always kill Miami, this was, like, unbelievably killing Miami, but it's, it's still Miami, again, remember that, so, that, that's just one thing you gotta remember. Miami was number 32 coming in. They're number 32 this week. The Ravens, they were number 11 coming in this week. They're now number 9. Again, it's the Dolphins. I'm not moving them up in the top 5. No. No. Sorry. You gotta see. We gotta see them do it again, and we gotta see them do it against the real team. Alright? Nothing crazy. That's something, like, we should have beaten them by a lot. I didn't expect beating them by that much, but I, we, I expected them to destroy them. Like, I didn't think that game would be close. I thought it'd be closer, but still. Not close. Ravens dominate. Can't wait for this week. Home opener. I will be there against Arizona. Welcoming Terrell Suggs back in the building. Let's go, Ravens. Want to know, baby. Great job, Baltimore. All right, now moving on to another game with a pretty high-scoring team. A team I mentioned a little bit in that last one, the Chiefs against the Jaguars. Chiefs winning 40-26. Now, the main storyline in this game, though, unfortunately, is injuries. Nick Foles. Start things off with him. Unfortunately, Nick Foles will be out for the season. He'll be put, he's been placed in the IR with a um, broken clavicle. Tyreek Hill, we're still awaiting official word on him. But he's definitely going to miss a couple weeks with that shoulder injury. So, two star players going down. Well, Foles may be a star player, maybe not. I mean, I know I've hated on, hated on him a lot, but, like, you know, you never wish something like that on a player. But, hey, the show must go on. So, unfortunately, we got to move on here with the... Uh, Foles and talk about their backup who looked pretty promising. I'm not going to lie. Gardner Minshew shocked me. Like, he played incredible. He played well enough, obviously, that they're not searching for a backup quarterback. The guy they, I mean, a new starting quarterback, they, they signed their new guy, the new guy they had to sign. Yeah, they sent the backup. They signed Josh, they traded for Josh Jobs to be their backup quarterback. They're going to roll with Minshew this year. And it's because he played well. Like, he really, really, really impressed me. Like, I cannot believe what I saw from Minshew. Like, Jacksonville did not win that game. I still don't think they're a good football team. My opinion on them has not changed. Minshew's not going to suddenly leave them to the playoffs. No. But, hey, he played very well. He impressed me. But, with all that being said, this was the Patrick Mahomes show, especially in the first half. Wow. The reigning MVP looked like it. 378 yards passing. That's all I need to say. But there's one other player who deserves mentioning. In fact, he is my player of the week. I'll be giving out a player of the week award every week. And this year, my player, I mean, and this week, my player of the week, yeah, it's Sammy Watkins. It's probably just, I mean, wasn't necessarily the best player this past week. Probably not. But in terms of shock factor, yeah, there's, there's no one beating that. Nine catches, 198 receiving yards. 
Ooh, that was a voice crack. Wow. Sorry, my voice still isn't all the way back in that Ravens game. And football. My voice. I had to condition my voice. That's my bad. 198 receiving yards. Three touchdowns. Wow. Now, again, without Tyreek Hill, I expect him to step up. I expect Michael Hardman as well to step up, the rookie speedster. I expect Kelsey to not necessarily step up. He's already a beast, but you know what I mean. Um, Damian Williams and Shady. Like, Damian Williams got more carries. He's more of a goal line type guy. 13 carries, 26 yards, and a touchdown. Shady? 10 carries, 81 yards. He looked like Shady. Like, this was a very impressive performance by them. Kansas City looking pretty good. But one thing did not look good on Kansas City, and that was their defense, as always. Just, it's slightly improved, but it's still not there. That Chiefs defense is going to be their Achilles heel until they make it better. Like, it's, it's better, but it's still not there. Like... Just, yeah. However, the Chiefs have scored 25-plus points in 22 straight games. That's the longest streak, not only in NFL, in NFL history. This offense is unbelievably good. All right? Watch out for that Chiefs offense, because it's going to be fun to watch. Now, with all that being said, the Chiefs coming into this week were number three. They're going to stay at number three. The Jags coming into the um, last week were number 25. Yeah, they moved down. They're number 26, but... That being said, I was honestly pretty optimistic. Jags fans, Gardner Minshew, he's not going to lead you to the playoffs, but hey, he's not a terrible quarterback. He played well. He really, really did. Let's see if he can keep it up. Because remember, he did play a terrible Chiefs defense. So let's see what he does against a real team. I mean, I guess we're against a real defense. That's the test. But for now, it looks like Minshew, and most likely going to be a full. He's on the IR, but you never know. He could return, but I'm assuming he's not going to. Um, because Jacksonville is not going to be in a spot where they're competing for the playoffs and getting their quarterback back. No, they're not going to be in that position. So I'm just going to assume we're not going to see Nick Foles for the rest of the year. That's just kind of my prediction with that. That's not the reports are saying. I just think that's what's going to happen. All right. That's what I got to say about Kansas City and Jacksonville. Moving on to the next game. Tennessee and Cleveland. Wow. Who saw this coming? I mean, wow. 43 to 13. Now, with that being said, this was a close game most of the way until the fourth quarter. It was 15 to 13. Titans were leading the whole way through, but it was a contest. It was close. It was a good game. And then that fourth quarter hit, and Baker just unraveled. Like, man, what happened to him? Like, he just completely fell flat. Like, I don't know what that was from Baker. He threw three picks and four drives in the fourth quarter, trying to get himself back, trying to get his team back in the game, and he threw his team out of the game. Cleveland, terrible fourth quarter. Decent. I mean, they weren't bad in those first three, and then just that fourth quarter hit, and it was terrible. And that, But, on the other hand, Titans, they didn't just sit there and chip away. With it. No, they ran away with it. They made a statement this week. Derrick Henry, my boy Derrick Henry, killed it for me in fantasy. So, shout-out to you, Derrick Henry. Seriously, shout-out to you, because you really helped me this week in fantasy with your 19 carries for 84 yards and that 75 screen pass, because I play PPR, so that's an extra point. Receiving touchdown. Good job, Derrick Henry. I'm going to be needing more of that, please, and thank you. Delaney Walker. I said, hold on, he's getting pretty old. Five catches, 55 yards, two touchdowns. I guess I need to 
Hold on, you show some respect to my elders, I guess, Delaney Walker. You played well. I'll give you credit there. So, Tennessee, I told you, watch out for them. They are, they are definitely a potential sleeper team. This is what I meant. Tennessee is not bad at all. But the key to them is health. Ryan Tannehill, Marcus Mariota, neither of them are going to stay healthy. Mariota looked phenomenal, but he's got to stay healthy. Don't get hurt. And just stay healthy, Marcus, because you're looking pretty good. But don't get hurt, man. Ryan Tannehill, because you, then you're going to get hurt. You put Ryan Tannehill in, he's even more injury prone. He's even worse. It's not going to go well. But if this team can stay healthy, with the Colts out of the way in terms of division wins, because I don't think the Colts are going to be able to win their division, Tennessee, watch out for them as a potential playoff team. Um, also, A.J. Brown, the rookie, played very well. And two 40-plus yard uh, catches. Um, I mean, Titans only had six total 40-plus yard catches last year, all of last year. A.J. Brown himself had two, so that was a very impressive game by him. Um, this was Baker's worst blowout um, as a starter in college or in the NFL. He has never lost by this much as a starter since high school. So, unbelievable by Cleveland. But you got to remember this. Cleveland's not won. The last time Cleveland has won a game in week, I mean, won in week one, it was 2004. Since I have been alive on this planet, Cleveland has not won a week one game. I'll put it that way. The last time Cleveland has won a football game, won a football game on week one, I was not alive yet. It has been that long. So, and I'm a freshman in high school. So, it's been a while. Um, the QB comparison, though, is not that far apart. The only big one is interceptions and touchdowns. The yards are pretty close. Um, just when it came to the fourth quarter, one pulled away and the other unraveled. That's that. Now, looking at the power rankings, Tennessee moving up from 14 to 12, going up two slots. Cleveland is this week's biggest Fowler on the power rankings, going from number 10 to number 15, down five slots. They are your biggest faller of the week. So Cleveland, got to get it together. Again, week one's a huge liar. Let's see if this can stay like this. Is this Cleveland or are they just going to have to slow start? Is this Tennessee or do they get off to a hot start? Who knows? We'll find out. That's what makes the NFL the best league in the world. All right, moving on to the next game. This game is what I call a scoreboard liar, the Rams and Panthers. Now, if you just look at the final score and it's 30-27, to 27, you're thinking, oh, it's a good game, close game. I guess, one, I guess the Rams just did well and won at the end. No. The Panthers did well at the end. They had a little bit of a game, but let's, the Rams had control of this game from the start. This was the Rams game all day long. It was close at some points. The Panthers had some opportunities. But for the most part, this was all L.A. The Rams were just, they looked like the better football team. They just, it was close. The, the scoreboard was closer than it actually was. So I, I call this game a scoreboard liar. You'll probably hear that term a little bit as we get into the season. Um, Todd Gurley looked very well. He did not, he looked healthy. 14 carries for 97 yards. Um, but Malcolm Brown did the goal line stuff with 11 carries, 53 yards, and two scores. Um, it was more the other way where Malcolm Brown had a lot more carries in the first half, but when that second half hit, it was getting closer. They gave it to Gurley, and he did his job, and he did his job well. Um, uh, Malcolm Brown did his job in the end zone, but Gurley got his team moving down the field. Goff looked decent. 
Robert Woods and Cooper Cup looking back to their old form. Eight catches, 70 yards, and seven catches, 46 yards respectively for them. The Panthers, Cam Newton looked decent, but my God, another guy who killed it for me in fantasy, Christian McCaffrey, shout out to you. 19 carries, 128 yards, two touchdowns, as well as 10 catches for 81 yards. That's why I get him in any PPR league as I can. I'm telling you, PPR machine, Christian McCaffrey, making me look like a genius on that one. DJ the double more, uh, DJ the double more, DJ the double agent more as I call him. Kind of an inside joke of uh, one of my friends that's, you don't get it unless if you're just one kid. But I call him the double agent. DJ Moore, he looked very good in that game. Seven catches, 76 yards. Um, let's see, what else? Uh, Robert, well, not Robert, um, Jared Goff is now 5-1 and one all time in his career against quarterbacks draft number one overall. How about that? And Elite Company, or Christian McCaffrey, is one of only five players um, with 10 catches, 10 plus catches, and 120 plus rushing yards in a single game in the Super Bowl era. He's only one of five players to do that. So shout out to Christian McCaffrey, the fantasy machine, and almost single handedly put the Panthers back into the game, but they ran into a great team. The Panthers are a good team, but the Rams are a great team, and that's your difference. The difference between good and great is huge in the NFL. This is what I mean. The Panthers are good. The Rams are great. The Rams are a Super Bowl contender. The Panthers are a playoff contender. Again, that's a huge difference. The Rams, they come in at number five in the power rankings, staying the same. The Panthers moving up two slots to number 16 and number 14. Even though they lost and really didn't have much of that game, they look like a playoff team, so I'm going to bump them up. Look like a team that could give maybe a team a fight. Maybe not a win, but gave them a fight in the playoffs for all we know, Cam looking healthier and healthier, meaning this team's going to get higher and higher on the power rankings. I'm not going to put them much higher in the top. I'm not expecting to put them in the top 10 unless they do anything different, but they can get pretty close. Carolina's not a bad team at all. McCaffrey is phenomenal. The Rams, watch out for them. They could be, I, I think, other than the, I think they are the biggest um, contenders to win the NFC other than the Saints. I think if anyone can beat the Saints, it's probably either them or Chicago. And if, if Chicago keeps looking like this, it's just the Rams because, my God, the Bears look terrible. But we already recapped them. Um, yeah, there's no, I mean, but there is another team in L.A.'s division that we're going to get to a little bit later. In fact, it uh, might be the next game. I don't really remember. Um, it, I don't know. But there's another team in that division, in the L.A. Rams division. They won't be able to win that division. But come in so wild card and shocks and teams. In fact, Nate Burleson even has them going to the Super Bowl. I think it's a little bit bold, but... My, the point is, they could be a sleeper team, and they're in the Rams' division, but the Rams are definitely the team to beat in the NFC West. And then after the Saints, I think they're the team to beat in the NFC. The Rams look phenomenal. People are sleeping on them. They think that Super Bowl hangover is going to um, hit them. I don't think so. Watch out for those Rams. Rams win the game. 30-27, we will move on to the next one. We are halfway through. Moving on to the 4 o'clock games, and that team I was talking about in the Rams division, yep, that is the next game. We got the Bengals and the Seahawks. Seahawks win at 21-20 in a great game. Now, Seattle won, but I was, out of all of the teams that lost this week, I was more impressed with the Bengals than any other team. I still think the Bengals are going to be bad, but they look like a team that could, like, upset a team. Like, they could play spoiler. Like, they could play a team that's looking to maybe sneak into the playoffs, and they could just beat that team and throw everything off. They're not going to be able to be a playoff contender themselves, but they feel like that's a team that can match up with a couple teams really well, and Seattle's one of them. Like, just, I think Seattle's the way better team, but since he matches up well with a couple teams, 
Baltimore included. Like, the Ravens are a way better team, but this is, I have the Ravens splitting that series this year against Cincy, A, because we always play most, and they match up well against that same thing with Seattle. I, I, I expected Seattle to run away with it, but looking back on it, it's true. This is just a great matchup for Cincy. And Andy Dalton, though, whoa. Like, this was day, have a day, Andy Dalton. A career high, 35 completions, a career high, 418 passing yards. They made Seattle, a ga- they turned the Seahawks into a game, and they only had um, 34 rushing yards as a team. And yet they went, they completely attacked the pass game, and they didn't even have A.J. Green. They rolled John Ross. John Ross. Seven catches, 158 yards, and two touchdowns. What is this with John Ross? Where'd this come from? Like, this is the guy that the Bengals drafted him to be. Like, we haven't seen him, but this was an impressive game and an eye-opener in terms of John Ross. Like, what was that? I did not see that coming at all. John Ross is a guy that could step up without A.J. Green. Tyler Boyd looked good, though, as well, with eight catches, 60 yards. Don't count him out as either. Um, Joe Mixon, though, that's the big storyline with Cincy. He's going to miss a little bit of time, it sounds like. We don't know yet. Nothing um, official yet coming out of Cincy, but it sounds like Mixon might miss a little bit of time, and he's the key to that team. I think if Cincy could make any kind of shocking run, it would be with Joe Mixon. They don't have Mixon. They got no shot. But they match up with a couple teams. Seattle's one of them. Very impressive. Now, Seattle. This was a bad game for them. This was probably the least impressive win of the week. This, this game should not have been this close. They, they let Cincy make this a game. They let Cincy. Th- this should not have been a game. It really shouldn't. Seattle's a way better team. But just matchups and all that, Cincy was able to come in, make it closer than it should have been. Russell Wilson, a little off his day game. He wasn't bad, a little off his game. 196 yards, two touchdowns. Chris Carson looked good. 15 carries, 46 yards, and touch a good, not great. Um, but one player did look pretty good, DK Metcalf. Four catches, 89 yards. Tyler Lockett only had two targets, but on that one of them, he had a, he had two targets, one catch. Of course, that one catch is a 44-yard touchdown, but still. Um, Chris Carson did well through the air, though, with six catches for 35 yards and another score. Clowney looked good on defense. I haven't brought up a lot of defense, um, which is on me, but Clowney has looked great on defense. Playing for that contract extension, look out for Clowney this year. I think he's going to have a huge breakout year on the Seahawks end. He looked good. He didn't. He didn't put up like the numbers. He had he had a nice deflection, a little eye opener there. But I think he's going to be a guy that's going to earn some a big time payday come March with, with, with Seattle. Whether it's with Seattle, whether it's with Seattle, whether it's with someone else, I don't know. But definitely look out for Clowney to get a huge, huge payday, and he deserves it. He's a hell of a football player, seriously. All right, now looking at the power rankings, Cincy uh, moved up, even though they lost, they moved up two slots to number 27. Seattle going to stay the same at number seven. Bengals and Seahawks, good game. Shouldn't have been that close, but it was. Moving on to the next one. This is why, this is why you listen to the weekly preview shows. When I tell you it's going to be the game of the week, expect it to be a top three game of the week, and this was, with the exception of the Monday night game, this probably was the game of the week. L.A. Chargers and Indianapolis Colts. I say, watch out. This is going to be a hell of a game. It was. The Chargers won it in overtime, 30-24. to Colts made it a little interesting towards the end. Chargers looked good. Looked like it was running away, but Indy came back. Looked strong. Brissett looked good. Um, again, good, not great. There is a difference, and I 
say good when I mean good, and I say great when I mean great. There is a difference there. You know who did look great, though? Marlon Mack. 25 carries, 174 yards, and a touchdown. He did look phenomenal there in Indy. Marlon Mack, I think, is going to take a huge step forward as he's going to solidify himself as a true number one back, not only in Indy, but fantasy-wise toward the NFL. He is a good player, and people don't, not enough people know his name. We, we, saw him, we saw some flashes in the playoffs last year, especially in that Houston game. I think we're going to see that all this year. I think he is going to take a huge step up for Indy. Watch out for Marlon Mack. On the L.A. Chargers side, they prove they're going to be just fine without Melvin Gordon. Um, who apparently does plan to report around weeks uh, week six to eight, around that range, which does not surprise me. I This whole time, I didn't think he was going to hold out the whole season. He's held out a lot. I didn't think he'd hold out any, but I, I, I definitely never thought he'd hold out the whole season. It sounds like he's not going to. That being said, he's held out way longer than I thought he would. Um, but seriously, this game, the Chargers, what they had won, Indy played very well towards the end to close it out, send that game to overtime, and there you go. Colts had a great, great drive going there. At the end, just made it look great. Phenomenal job there. Started the interception. And then Brissett just took that team down the field slowly, slowly, slowly. And they did very well. No, not did very well. And if it wasn't for him, this game would not have even went to overtime. This would have been a win for the Colts. That's Adam Vinatieri. He looked like a 46-year-old kicker. Played like a 46-year-old kicker. having He missed two field goals and an extra point. In the same game for the first time in his 24, I'll say that again, 24-year NFL career, the second longest career in NFL history, Adam Vinatieri and looked like it. He passed Gary Anderson for the second most games played in history in the league. Morton Anderson, the only player that's played more. But that being said, still, I believe he's played longer. Neither way. Um, all that. This is an amazing game. Overtime game. Deserving of an overtime game. Watch out for the Colts. They could be a decent team. Again, like the Bengals, they could surprise a couple teams, but I think they're better than the Bengals. They can, they can, they'll be in the playoff conversation until around like week 12. And then week 12, when the real teams start to like show that they're a real team, then they'll start to fizzle out. But I think first half of the year, they're going to look like a playoff contender, but they're not going to make it. All right, then. Um, the Colts moving up two slots, number 19 and number 17. And the Chargers are going to go up two slots from number six to number four. L.A. is going to be just fine with that Melvin Gordon. And with him, they're going to be even better. So watch out for those L.A. Chargers. Um, uh, what else we got? I think that's actually good. I mean, that was pretty quick for a game that's good, but five minutes or less. I've been doing pretty good with it. No game. No one's gone over five minutes yet. This one, pretty quick. Shouldn't have been that quick, but whatever. Moving on to the next one. Yeah, this game sucked. This game's not going to be a long one, but I'm going to talk about it anyway because it was still a game. The Bucks and the Niners. Long story short, the Niners just controlled the game the whole way through. Richard Sherman had a pick six. Tampa looked terrible. Niners looked better than terrible, but still looked pretty bad. Neither team did much to impress at all, but this is one of those games where unfortunately someone had to win, and that was the Niners. Like... Eh. But one player who did impress was Ronald Jones. He looked decent. I'll give him that. Um, there, there's really not much to say about this game. I'm going to talk a little bit here. Garoppolo looked okay. Um, George Kittle did look good. Eight catches, 54 yards. Bucks. Winston threw three picks, including a pick six to Sherman. Um, 
Perriman and two catches for 10 yards. Former Raven, Bashad Perriman. Um, ghost hands, better known. As, and I think, honestly, I think that's about it. I'm, I'm telling you where they stand on the power rankings. I, this is, I told you, this is going to be the quickest, this is going to be the quickest recap of the week, like, and maybe the entire season. This was a terrible game. Bucks fall down two to number 29. Niners go down, they, the Niners won, and they still go down a slot to number, um, 23, and the Bucks number 29. Just a bad game between two bad teams. Unfortunately, someone had to win, and the football guys decided that the winner was the San Francisco 49ers. And a minute and a half in, and we're just going to call it that because we're going to move on to a real game now. Three words um, can sum up the Giants-Cowboys game. Pay the man, and that man is Dak Prescott. Oh, my God. If anybody still doubts that Dak Prescott deserves a contract extension, yeah, I point to one thing and one thing only. See exhibit Giants, all right? I mean, the Giants are a terrible team, but he picked them apart. 400-yard game. Um, just made it look easy the whole way through. Made the Giants look even worse than they were. Eli Manning honestly played pretty well, but with uh, 30 for 44, 306 yards and a touchdown. Saquon, 11 for 120. Honestly, those two guys played pretty well. Evan Ingram looked great, 11 for 116 in the score. But other than that, this was the Cowboys show and not the Zeke Cowboys show. Only had 13 carries for 53 yards and a touchdown. No, this was the Dak Prescott show. 25 for 32, 405 yards, four touchdowns, no picks. Michael Gallup and Amari Cooper both had 100-plus yards. Gallup, seven catches for 158. Amari Cooper, Coop, six catches, 106 yards, and a score as well. Um, even the former Packer, Randall Cobb, which looks really weird in the Cowboys jersey. Four catches, 69 yards, and a score. Even Jason Witten got involved. Three catches, 15 yards, and even the old man found the end zone. At least he's not in the booth. My God. Speaking of which, Monday Night Football. Games were good, but my God, just the broadcast team's a joke. Um, but seriously, like, the one thing I took away from this is even though the team got destroyed and even though the team itself didn't look good, Eli Manning, not a bad performance. Legitimately, he played decent. Made it one, He made one throw. I forgot what it was. It was a zinger. Like, it was right on the sideline. Perfect. He made a throw. I haven't seen Eli make in years. Like, this was a good game for Eli Manning, and I'll give him the credit. Like, he did play well. Of course, the whole team did not, but he did look very, very good. So I'll give him that. Um, Saquon Barkley now has two-plus catches in every single game of his career. That's an unbelievable stat, by the way. About Saquon. He's not just a um, running back. He is a great receiving back, and he proved it there. He he played well through the um, passing as well. Evan Ingram looked great for the Giants, but seriously, Dallas, like, pay the man. Jerry Jones said that contract extension is imminent, and it better be because, I mean, my God, Dak Prescott, he killed it, and he deserves that contract extension that he will be getting hopefully very, very soon. Now, take a look where they are on the power rankings. The Giants are ranked number 31, going down a slot from number 30. They're now on number 31. Only the Dolphins are ranked lower. And the Cowboys, even in a great, great, great win, I have them at number 11, going down two spots. I'm just more impressed with the Packers and the um, Ravens, and I still think the Eagles are better than them. But that being said, I think both of those teams are going to go away. I they both have good, nice wins, especially Dallas, just... I got seen doing against a real team. A couple teams that were more impressive. 
I was this close to moving the Cowboys um, ahead of the Eagles, just um, flip-flopping the Cowboys and the Eagles. Um, but I said keep it there the way it was where the Eagles were one spot ahead. That's probably going to change, but as of now, that's where they are. But uh, if it's something more like this next week as well, I'm probably going to flip-flop the Cowboys and the Eagles. I think the Cowboys are probably the best team in their division. But for now, I have the Eagles one spot ahead, but it's probably not going to stay that bad. All right, moving on to a game that... We got a rant coming up. I'll just put it that way. You got our official rant warning right here. Now, if you don't know me, you probably don't know this. But for those of you that are my friends, yeah, you know what's coming when I'm talking about the Cardinals and the Lions. I absolutely hate, with a passion, games that end in a tie. There's a winner, and there is a loser. And if there's another game that ends in a tie this year, I'm going to go on this same exact rant. The NFL should abolish ties. They should change the overtime rules, and I, this is a big-time thing. If I were commissioner for a day, the biggest thing I would change, the number one thing I would change is the NFL overtime rules. Change it to college rules. And if you don't do that, I say at least play out 15 minutes of overtime. 15 minutes, and not like the sudden death uh, BS, no. You play out the full 15 minutes, whoever has the lead wins. If you want to stick with ties that badly, fine, you can give it a Give him that. But after that, maybe cut it down to seven and a half for double overtime. Whoever has the lead after that would win. Keep going. Fine. I just, I just hate ties. I hate them. I absolutely hate games that end in a tie. And it, it gets me fired up. But I only got five minutes. I actually got like three now to talk about this game. This was all Lions the whole way through. Kyler Murray really impressed me in that fourth quarter coming back, rallying the troops. And hey, he played well there. In the end, getting his team to overtime. Um, first three quarters, 9 for 25, 70 yards and a pick. Fourth quarter in overtime, 20 for 29, 238, two touchdowns, 116.7 passer rating in the fourth quarter in overtime. In the first three quarters, he only had a 27.9 passer rating. That's a definitely a tale of, I would say a tale of two hours, but really it's a tale of three quarters and two quarters. Because, um, <laughs> yeah. There you go. Fitzy played well. He passed kicker Jim Backen for the most um, uh, games played in franchise history and history of the Cardinals. My favorite non-Raven of all time, for those who don't know. Fitzy has a reception in 228 consecutive games. It's the second longest streak in NFL history behind, guess who, Jerry Rice. Cardinals and Lions, both two terrible teams. Apparently, they're equally as terrible as it ends in a tie. Gotta hate ties. Please change the rules soon, NFL, if you're listening. Nobody likes it. It's the most disappointing thing ever because if you lose, you at least have, like, the satisfaction where, hey, we lost the game. We got to get better. You win. Hey, we won the game. You tie. Nobody won. They're both losers, in my opinion. That Simpsons clip where they both go, they're both losers. Yes, they are both losers because nobody won. You need a winner and a loser. That is the way that the NFL should go. I'm telling you. Now, Cardinals are moving them up one slot from number 31 to number 30. Still terrible. And then the um, Lions moving down two slots in 26 to 28. Like, still two terrible teams. At least the game was entertaining, unlike San Francisco and Tampa. But seriously, I cannot stress this enough. Change the overtime rules, please, NFL. It is brutal. There we go. All right, we got three games left to break down. The first being an absolute bloodbath, and I've never been happier to watch a bloodbath in my entire life. This was the New England Patriots absolutely demolishing the Steelers, 33-3. to This Steelers team looked awful. Like, whew, this was bad. This was a terrible performance by the Steelers. I've never been happier 
to be wrong about a pick. I've never been happier to watch a bloodbath. Oh, this was just music to my ears. I mean, I was almost happier watching this game than I was watching the Ravens game. Almost. Not as, but almost as happy. It made me very happy to watch the Steelers get killed. And New England, boy, they look scary. I'm keeping them at number two, but yeah. That's a, that's a good team. And they're going to get even better. This news from AB might not be, but you never know. This this AB guy, if he plays for him, yeah, we can see a little switch here in the power rankings. I'm going to stick my Super Bowl pick, but yeah, watch out for those Patriots because that is a scary football team with the greatest quarterback of all time, the greatest coach in history of sports, right? So, yeah, watch out for the, those Patriots, those Steelers. They look bad. That made me so happy, but my, I mean, also, quick shout-out to the double pass. I love that play. Getting it uh, screened, a backward pass to Edelman. Edelman threw it back to James White. That was cool. I love plays like that. I love watching the Patriots' offense just move down the field as a football fan. Josh McDaniels run such a great offense there down um, up there in New England. I mean, it was it was great to watch. It really was. Um, watching the Steelers get killed made it even more sweet. Um, Brady looked incredible. 24 for 36, 341 yards, three touchdowns, no picks. Even Julian Edelman, one for one for 32 yards. That double pass I was talking about. Um, Philip Dorsett, four catches, 95 yards and two scores. Edelman, six catches for 83 yards and no scores. Josh Gordon, three catches, 73 yards. And that unbelievable touchdown he had. Um, I like, I, I don't like Josh Gordon, but like he, I, I kind of do, whatever. Um, Patriots, man, watch out for them. They're sticking at number two, but yeah, they, they can move up. Um, Steelers, may, um, one, not, not your biggest follower of the week, but one of falling down four slots from number 18 to number 22. They keep playing like this. They're going to be falling even farther because this was just awful. It made me very happy, but no, th- this was bad. This was a terrible performance by the Steelers. It looked they looked bad. They, they they just looked bad. New England, they looked good. They looked real good. Battle the, the battle of the seven rings. Yeah. New England looking like they're gonna take a big lead in that race. Alright. Moving on to the game of the week. And maybe even the game of the year when the season's all set and done because this was an unbelievable one. Houston and New Orleans. Three words sum up this one. What a game. Houston and New Orleans. Woo! Instant classic. All right, let's take a look here. Um, we got Houston. This was all Texans to start things off, right? All Texans, and then third quarter hits is a 21-10 lead. Um, and then, here they go, Drew Brees. Getting things going, even got it to Taysom Hill, the Swiss Army Knife himself. Got things going, looking good, making it a little bit closer there for New Orleans. A um, couple punts, and then this game got good. Will Lutz hit a 47-yarder, and then things got good. Deshaun Watson, it took him. This left Deshaun Watson 50 seconds to work with. It took him two plays. 13 seconds. Bam. Touchdown. Kenny Stills incredible. That was incredible right there. So then, Texans lead by one. Drew Brees, he gets 37 seconds. That's plenty of time. He moves his team down the field, and with six seconds left, the Texans, I don't know what they were doing on defense there. I mean, this was just embarrassing. This 
defensive formation. I'd fire the DC on the spot after that. That was Romeo Cornell deserves to get fired. I believe it. I'm pretty sure it's still Cornell. It is. Romeo Cornell deserves to get fired after that one. That formation was just brutal. He needs to get fired now. All right, I got I the thing was to do with five minutes or less. I'm already a minute and a half in. I've even gotten to the <laughs> notes here. Um, so they hit a 58 yard field goal. They win the game. Instant classic. I'm telling you. What a way to kick off the 50th anniversary of Monday Night Football. It was phenomenal. Great game. New Orleans, they've been my Super Bowl pick. I'm sticking with them, number one in the power rankings. Houston, moving them down one to number 13, but they're still a great football team over there in Houston. Watch out for them. Houston and Tennessee, they're two good, pretty good teams. They're going to be battling out for the AFC South crown this year. I'm excited. I'm ready to watch it. J.J. Watt, Deshaun Watson, Houston, they're looking pretty good. And then, of course, man, New Orleans. Watch out for those Saints. Watch out for those Saints because that is a one good football team over there. I'm still sticking with them. The Patriots, they were having, they were more of a convincing win, but I'm telling you, I gotta stick with it. Week one, what I what have I said all episode long? The week one is the biggest liar in the world. This is what I mean. Let's see what they got. Let's see them do it again. I'm sticking with New Orleans number one. New Orleans number one. Houston number um number thirteen. Two great teams. Interconference play. They only play each other four, once every four years. And this was an amazing, amazing game. Definitely your game of the week. Now, let's move on to Denver and Oakland. Right after. Well, not right after this. Just let's move on to it. All right. One game left to recap here, and that is Denver and Oakland. Yeah, this was bad. <laughs> I mean, Denver made a, clo- made a closer, but again, this is a scoreboard liar. Oakland had control of the game the whole way through. Denver made it a little interesting towards the end, but yeah. This was all Oakland, especially in the first half. Tyrell Williams, looking like the number one receiver. They had the um <laughs> the, the fuck A B chance were out and in full force, which were hilarious to hear. Um I was cheering right along with those Raiders fans. Um here that was just great. Um Flacco did not look good. I still think he's going to play well. And Drew Locke's out uh, for the year, so. And, and again, his stats are decent, but Flacco's stats are never really that bad. Uh, 21 for 31, 268, one touchdown. Um, Cortland Sutton played well, though. Seven catches, 120. Let's see. Anything else here? Um, Bradley Chubb did have a, uh, that nice play in the first half, that um, bat down. I like that a lot. Um, Derek Carr. At least, especially in the first half, he looked like the old Derek Carr. He is, I mean, he he's, if that team was better, if Oakland had a better football team, Derek Carr would be an MVP candidate this year. Like, he would be that good. He is, I like Derek Carr a lot. I think he's a great, great player. And if he had somebody more than um, Tyra Williams and Darren Waller to throw to, yeah, he'd be an MVP candidate this year. If he had AB, <laughs> if he had AB, if AB wasn't in a dick, like, this would be a good team, and... Oakland be pretty solid because I believe in Derek Carr. I really do. I think he's a great player, and he reminded me of that. Josh Jacobs played very well at 23 carries, 85 yards, two scores. Now, Oakland team's not bad. Well, yes, it is, but they played well. Um, of course, Denver isn't that good either, so there is that. So there you go. Um, I mean, Oakland's, all that being said, Oakland's still a pretty bad team. I, they were a high, um, a big um, riser, though. They went up four spots to number 24, um, Denver, a big faller this week, I believe. No, actually, no, they weren't. That's down at number 25, um, one spot lower than the Raiders. 
I think the Raiders might be a better football team than Denver this year. You never know. It's not looking very good over there in Denver, but it could shock a couple teams. You never know. Yeah, it's Flacco. It's Denver. They always shock a couple teams. We can see it. You never know. So there you go. That's for my recaps. A couple notes, and then we will be ending this show. And I'm pretty close to getting this under an hour. I'm closer than I thought I'd be. I'm kind of proud of myself. not going to lie. All right. Before we wrap up this episode, here's how I'm going to wrap up the weekly recap. Um, every week is I'm going to tell you guys where the um, standings are for the pick'em. Um, you guys on Instagram, every week I'm going to put up a poll for every game. You guys will pick your winner. We're going to put that in. You guys went 10-5-1 this week. That Lions and Cardinals are getting their own category. So it's 10-5-1. Myself, I went 9-6-1. Brandon also went 9-6-1. So that's where the standings are. It's 10 f- So you guys have the lead. I have a one-game lead coming into week two. I'm 1-0 on my lock on the week, 1-0 on my game of the weekend, 0-1 on my upset of the week. But honestly, it's the Steelers losing, so we all win when that happens. All right. If you want to follow me, you can at The Other Berman Show. We will talk. And sometimes um, I'll put up the Q&A now. During the NFL season, there's not going to be as much Q&As because it's going to be pretty busy as always. So, yeah, but stay there because I'm going to put up the polls, and you guys got to vote if you want to beat me and the guest pickers this year. We'll see who the guest picker is on Thursday. It's a surprise. You'll find out. Um, it's honestly a surprise for me because my co-host just canceled. You know who you are. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I mean, you did, but I'm just kidding. I'm not really mad. Um, just disappointed. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, all right. Thank you for listening to The Other Promise Show. Get ready because week two is only two days away. Goodbye. Go Ravens. And let's go because football is back. P.S. Props to me, just over an hour, so try to keep it under an hour for next week.